BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. New year, new credit scores. Chime makes it easier to build credit by using your own money to make on-time payments with a secured Chime Credit Builder Visa credit card. Use it everywhere Visa credit cards are accepted. To apply, just open a Chime checking account with a qualifying direct deposit. There's no annual fee or credit check required when applying. Get started at Chime.com build. That's Chime.com build. The Chime Credit Builder Visa credit card is issued by the Bancorp Bank N.A. or Stride Bank N.A. members FDIC. Late payment may negatively impact your credit score. Results may vary. Ah, the copperhead snake. It hisses before attacking. But that's not a copperhead. That's the Sullivan's RV freshwater tank overflowing into their black one, which is backing into their vent pipe, making for a very different kind of attack. One that arrives just in time for taco night. It's wild out there. When it gets too wild, Progressive has your RV covered. Quote today at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. The Starlight Lounge presents An Evening with the Progressive Box. Adios, old friend. Yeah, I've got no secrets and no regrets. Well, a lot of regrets, but the point is I've got nothing to hide. Kind of like the way Progressive shows you their competitors' rates. You gotta put it all out there, baby. Excuse me, miss. Does this heart belong to you? Would you like it anyway? Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Comparisons not available in all states or situations. Prices vary based on how you buy. I mean, just about being a professional, um, going about your business, working hard each and every day, coming in days off, taking care of your body, the things they might not know things about just because they, they're, they're young. But at the same time, they're a talented, we're a talented group of guys that it seems like they love being around each other. They're always joking, and it's always a positive atmosphere the days I've been here. So um, just to build on that and then just know it's, it's time to win now. Like, why wait? We, we want to win now, and we want to... We want to we wanna have fun doing it. Welcome, everybody, to the Lakers Legacy Podcast, where the Lakers have swapped out some of their old software, traded in their old OS system for a new one, and have gotten some much-needed IT support to help them out along the way. So, Alan, how are you liking the IT7 so far? It's a little smaller and more petite, but runs (laughs) extremely fast, but also has some volatile burnout side effects to it. But the 6.4 megapixels on the lens of the IT7s are pretty nice. Am I right? Are you sure it's not a 5.11 megapixels? I know that's that's lower, but I heard it was I heard it was 5.11, but some have said it's actually 5.9. Other people said maybe it's 5.8. So depending on what you hear, um, but yeah, either way, I really sounds more accurate. <laughs> by the way, I'm talking about Isaiah Thomas's height. This is all a metaphor. But anyway, um, yes, I I approve. I like it. Yeah, I like the IT7. It's very exci- it's a very exciting new software to have. I think we're just getting used to it, so obviously there are some there's there are some negative. Period. Yeah, there's an adjustment period for sure. It's like, "Whoa, I thought this one thing was going to be there, you know, but 
it's totally somewhere else now. Or I remember how bad that other thing was, and this is way better. And oh, that I kind of like that other feature before, and now this one's maybe not as good, but we'll, we'll see if we come around to it. Right? Kind of like that. You know, Alan, I will say, though, initially we thought we had we had bought a used IT7, but, you know, after using it over the weekend, I was like, oh, it's not even if it's used, it seems like a new one, kind of. You know what I mean? I I definitely agree with you there. Yeah, that's a pleasant surprise. It's like if you're in college and you buy a used textbook and you assume there's going to be highlighters all over it and like notes everywhere and ripped up pages and coffee stains. But it's like, wow, it's like this person never opened the book and used what it was intended for. This is this is great. It's a brand new textbook for half the price. Or at the very least, a near new IT7, a near new textbook. And of course, all joking aside, we are talking about Isaiah Thomas, who made his Los Angeles Lakers debut. that's, That's who. Yep, he made his Los Angeles Lakers debut this past weekend, and it was a little bit of a mixed bag, colored by a blistering start, and then an even messier display of scrambled defensive principles and lack of discipline, but that was by the whole team, and we'll get to that in a bit. Um, tonight we're going to be talking about the Lakers loss to the Mavs, our impressions of IT's debut and where he fits into the entire scheme of things moving forward. We'll also touch upon the recent Point Ingram experiment along with some Josh Hart gushing. And then we'll end with some quick thoughts on all the Kings new men and the debuts of Jordan Clarkson and Larry Nance aside King James this past weekend. Oh, I thought you meant the Sacramento Kings new new men. But anyway. No, no, the King, the Kings uh, new uh, men. The yes. King. Yes, the King. Uh, but I'm your host, Jonathan Hernandez. I'm joined by Alan Riley. Alan, quickly, before we get to the basketball, quick uh-huh. shout out to Arcadia's finest, 24-year-old oh, Marina Gasu for yeah. being the first U.S. woman to cleanly land a triple axel in the U.S. Olympics. And why this is so important, not only for us as Asian Americans, not only for Alan as a Japanese American, but she went to Arcadia High School, and before they announced her, they said Marai Nagasu from Arcadia, California. How awesome is that? That is crazy. And she went to Foothills Middle School, which is your middle school. So that's another connection that you have with her. Um, yeah, dude, it's it's crazy, man. There's like so much pride, you know, just just swelling in every Arcadian's heart right now. When I go on Facebook, Snapchat, Instagram, whatever, like everybody is from high school and all that stuff for both of us, you know, are just tweeting and snapping and IGing and FBing, uh, everything Mirai Nagasu. So it's, it's crazy, man. It's awesome. Super stoked for her. And everyone should check out her family's, uh, sushi restaurant, (laughs) which is on (laughs) Baldwin Avenue. And what's the cross street? It's like Naomi. No, anyway, whatever. I don't know. Yeah. It's in Arcadia. Just check it out. Yeah. Yeah, you know, and we're we're pretty much, I don't know, like almost one degree of separation from Marina Nagasu just because of all the Arcadia friends we have. And she's only like four years apart from us, actually, which is crazy to think about um, mm-hmm. how how time has passed. Back then, we were like, oh, she's so young. And we're and now, as 29, 28-year-olds, we're like, oh, she's 24. That's not that young at all. So it's Restaurant Kiyosuzu, and it's on Baldwin and Fairview Avenue. There you go. Kiyosuzu626, Arcadia, Marai Nagasu. You know, I actually, funny story about Marai. Was this a figure skating podcast or is it an Arcadia podcast? <laughs> Both. Uh, so I actually have her autograph because back when we knew that she was, you know, a figure skater about, uh, it's going to be like eight years ago now, back in 2010 or actually no, 2008. So about 10 years ago, I asked one of our friends, Susanna, because she was friends with Mariah at the time. And I was like, hey, can you get me your autograph? And so she did. She came to church one day and I have her autograph. It says, to Jehan, which is my nickname, Mariah Nagasu, in like a torn notebook paper, <laughs> torn piece of notebook paper. And for the longest while, I had that slip of paper, for some reason, tucked away in my Bible. And here's the funny part. Two months ago, I consciously took it out and I was like, why the heck is this still in here? And I put it somewhere and I misplaced it. <gasps> and now I can't find it. So the joke is on me. I literally <laughs> it's, remember it's gotta two be months somewhere, I know. Though. So when you find it, it's going to be that much sweeter. I know, but I was freaking out. That sucks, yeah. I looked in my Bible, I was like, oh no, (laughs) it's not here. And I remember consciously taking it out and going, why the heck do I still have this? Uh, All good. All good. But anyways, Mariah Nagasu, everybody. Uh, We should be proud as Americans in general. Uh, But with that said, let's switch it over to the Lakers and basketball talk. 
Uh, but before we get to our main topics of the night, as usual, please follow us on Twitter at Lakers Legacy Pod. Please also rate and review us on iTunes because the more you rate and review us, that's how many ill beats and tracks little baby Zoe will put out before the age of two. <laughs> baby ZO2, yeah, he's youngest in the game, literally. Because, you know, Lonzo's girlfriend, Denise, is now expecting a child. We're not even sure if it's going to be a, a, a boy, but we just know he's going to have a child. And his first <laughs> few tracks... <laughs> I'm sorry. LeVar would totally be like, we ball boys, we don't make girls. We only making boys. Because <laughs> he legit said that. Because someone was like talking to him about him and his wife, Tina. And he was like, man, LeVar only make boys. So anyway. I wouldn't put it past him to say that. But yes... Please rate interview rate interview us so we can get as many little baby Zoe tracks as can before the age of two. His first few tracks may be a little more raspberry than anything coherent, but you know, spit and fire is spit and fire. So speaking of rating and reviews, tonight we're gonna have, of course, LeVar Ball read the review. My boy Zoe, he don't make no girls, I tell you right now. And no matter what that kid's gonna have, the the youngest shoe deal ever. Breast milks! Speaking of babies. <laughs> By G. Kuzo Lakers. Lakes. Listen to your show every day. Love it especially this season around. Kuzma Rookie of the Year. I don't think so. My boy Zobe Rookie of the Year. He should start. Great job, fellas. I don't know if you got your 200 reviews already. But hope this helps. I can tell you what my help. What my help is if you have me, LeVarba, on the show a little bit more. You're going to have 2,000 reviews. All right. Thank you, LeVar Ball. We agree with you. We're trying. I'm sorry. That sounds nothing like him. I just needed to get really exuberant. It was, it was pretty close. Uh, but <laughs> couldn't, couldn't capture it quite, quite as all well. Good, as all like. good. All um, good. But yes, we are trying to get to 2,000 reviews. We are past 200. So thank you. What's his name again? Geeko. LeVar had a hard time reading it. All right. How does Alan read it? <laughs> G Coos underscore Zoe Lakes. There you go. Thank you, G Coos underscore Zoe Lakes. Yeah, so we are past 200. We're about 229 right now, but we'd love. Hey, that's my favorite number. We'd love to get to a whole number. So 230 next on the way to 2000. So let's get that going because the more you rate and review us, the more we get exposure. Because obviously we need a leg up on Jay Moore and his America's Lakers podcast because right now we are only Mid-Southeastern Jakarta's Lakers podcast. But we're making our headway down there with the Indo Sessions, which is an inside joke. Um, But anyways, um, (laughs) yeah. Thank you, LeVar Ball. And also please support us on Patreon.com. Patreon.com slash the Lakers Legacy Podcast. You can donate a dollar, donate two dollars, you can donate one time, or you can donate per month. Anything at this point helps. All right, with that said, let's get into our impressions of IT7 Isaiah Thomas. Uh, before we get to the game, though, Isaiah Thomas had an interview with some of the media today. Alan, I don't know if you were able to listen to it, but what were your thoughts on some of his comments and just how he feels like he's going to fit in? I was not able to listen to it, so you can sure. update me too. So I listened to it. It's about eight minutes or so. Um, people were just talking to him about what he thinks of the transition and how he thinks he's going to fit in. And he said right now, you know, the offense is not that difficult to pick up especially the way the Lakers play it's all about being fast which you know for Isaiah Thomas is is not a bad thing and he likes that he said last or no on Saturday was probably the first time one of the first times this season where he felt like he could control the ball again and he liked having the ball in his hands and you saw it on Saturday without getting too deep into the game at this point but He was actually playing quicker. He was, you know, every time he got the ball, he would push it down court. He would either pass it to a teammate or take a quick three-pointer. And that's the kind of system the Lakers want to run, you know, not thinking too much, not hesitating. And I think it's going to fit Isaiah Thomas just fine. And obviously, he talked about just being a lifelong Lakers fan and how his family pretty much brainwashed him at the very start to become a Lakers fan. He's been Kobe Bryant's biggest fan growing up. And right now, it still hasn't hit him that he's actually a Laker because the transitions happen so quickly, but whenever he looks at the jersey and all that, he realizes what a what a tremendous honor it is to put on that jersey every night. So it was just really cool to hear Isaiah Thomas um, be able to feel like he has a new leash on life and 
and and really appreciate this moment after what was you know kind of a tumultuous time with the Cleveland Cavaliers and the Boston Celtics and kind of being tossed around these last year or so. And he also brought up the fact, and I to- we totally forgot about this, but you know his sister passed away and died in a car crash last year. So this guy has had it rough on multiple levels, and that includes the hip injury that was misdiagnosed and having to play through that. So he's had a rough past year, and I think for him to be at the very least traded to a team that he's grown up loving, I think gives him a little bit of peace and solace, you know, even if we may not know how long that'll take. So it was kind of cool to hear him speak upon all those little things and feel like he has Mm. a place here right now. And he said, it's, it's time to win. We don't need to wait. We may only have, you know, less than 25 games left to end the season, less than 30, but let's start winning. So it was cool to hear all those things. Yeah, I mean, him getting traded here is like the epitome of a silver lining, right? Um, just a lot of things have gone on, like you said, in his life. And, you know, basketball-wise, a lot of, uh, you know, unfortunate circumstances. And while no one wants to be traded, you know, midseason after playing a handful of games for, you know, arguably the top contender in the East, it's like, well, if you're going to get traded anywhere, <laughs> it may as well be... You know, if it's not another contender uh, for the team that you grew up loving and and things like that, I think no matter what, there is that human element. And I mean, guys are going to say, you know, basketball is basketball. Andrew Bynum is going to say there's a bank in every city, Um, you know, things like that. But when you are on that team that you grew up rooting for, of course, you're going to acknowledge it. So um, in that sense, I think, you know, we could all be happy for him on a very human level. And, um, yeah, I mean, hopefully for Lakers fans' sakes, for the team's sake, but really for his sake, uh, this stretch is is a very successful one for him, regardless of how things pan out. Yeah, definitely. And it's unfortunate that Isaiah won't be making his actual Los Angeles debut at Staples Center till after the All-Star break, but... Sorry, I just build up that anticipation. <laughs> no, totally. So let's quickly switch gears to his actual debut on Saturday night against the Mavericks. You know, he came off the bench. Luke talked to him. He had a, they had a dinner together and they talked about his 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 role with the Lakers. And right now, the current plan is to work him off the bench to eventually start and play alongside Lonzo Ball. Um, but actually, coming off the bench is a role that Isaiah Thomas is not foreign to. And Alan, what were your thoughts? Were you excited coming into the game? And then what happened when you saw Isaiah Thomas check in off the bench with about four minutes left and then drain his first three? And then from there, we got a flurry of some new IT7s. It was lit. It was. So lit. (laughs) (laughs) Um, If you want me to expand on that. Yes, um, please do. (laughs) <laughs> yeah dude i was freaking stoked you know um it, it was crazy like i i i kind of went in with a fairly low bar you know not because like i expected him to play like crap or something but just to adjust expectations accordingly and not get my hopes up too much i'm thinking okay like he might have some jitters some butterflies whatever today um so like there's like no time for him to adjust whatsoever so if he if he has an off night whatever like sky's not falling everything's cool knocks down his first three and it's just like okay first of all credit to luke walton for setting that playoff for him mm-hmm. to come off of a screen you know yep. wide open shot and um shout out to pete zayas I, I saw him tweet like pretty much immediately uh that's an action that cleveland did not run for him so mm. Good job, Luke. Um, set an IT up, and IT credited Luke big time. He's like, he, I don't know how many times Isaiah said Luke really put me in positions to succeed in this game. Um, that was in his post game uh, comments after the Dallas game. So, yeah, dude, it was. You could tell there was a lot of intention there. Um, so that first half was crazy. He had like 16 points right in mm-hmm. the first half, um, just draining threes everywhere. And then you know later on he starts getting other guys involved. He had a very very nice bounce pass. Yeah, was it? It was to Kuzma, right? It was like right at the free throw line. I believe so. Yep. Or, yeah, yeah. And then he had the scoop pass to Randall as he uh, got in the paint, drew in the defense. Um, he had some of his like Steve Nash's type layups, if you will, just, you know, that short guy layup where you're not going to elevate very much. So you just got to shoot it from your hip, scoop it up real quick before the big gets there. Um, He really did look like himself. And, uh, you know, in terms of like the lingering effects of his hip and whatnot, you know, didn't seem too bad. And um, so, you know, those were the pros for sure. And it, it was pretty surreal to see the guy just 
start to go off. And like he said himself, he felt like he got his powers back. Mm-hmm. And um, just as a side note, I'm currently wearing a Space Jam t-shirt, just <laughs> letting you know. Um, so it would have been even better if I were wearing it uh, when the Lakers were playing Dallas. Because when he said, it feels like I got my powers back, it sounds like Charles Barkley or Larry Johnson in Space Jam. Um, so, yeah, dude, it almost... The only thing that would have made it better, obviously, is if we won the damn yeah. game. Um, but other than that, you couldn't have asked for much more. Yeah, and he also had that crazy no-look whip pass to Corey Brewer on the oh baseline. Oh, my God. I thought it was a turnover at first. Oh, man. That was beautiful. <laughs> it was a touch pass, like a quick touch yeah, pass. Yeah, it caught me off guard. That that was beautiful basketball because that's almost Spurs-ish. You know, Spurs-like basketball where Kuzma, you know, did a bullet pass to him and then he quickly did a touch pass to Corey Brewer yeah. for the jam. and That interior pass. It was so pretty to watch. And, yeah, you know, Isaiah Thomas, he came in, he got that, Double screen action from Ingram and Brooke Lopez freed up for the three, knocked it down. And then from there, he seemed confident with the ball in his hands, taking screens from guys like Randall and Brooke Lopez, and then just pulling up from mid-range, pulling up from three, being that crazy microwave type scorer that we all know him to be. Something that we don't have. (laughs) And you know, it, it, it was funny because someone put out a video of him shooting prior to the game. And he was missing all of his three point shots, yeah. and I was like, "Oh, <laughs> I don't know about this." But get it all out of your system now. <laughs> I know, seriously. <laughs> but when it came down to game time, I mean, he was ready, he was primed, and we were all st- looking at each other. Well, not literally, but I think in our heads, we were just like, "Oh my gosh!" Your face and Tommy's face were both in my minds. <laughs> no question this about is, it. Uh, almost this is superstar Isaiah Thomas that we've come to know in the the past few years. You know, this is the guy who led the Boston Celtics to a number one seed in the east last year and almost averaged 30 points i think a lot of our trepidation came from the fact that one we knew about his misdiagnosed hip injury and how that set him back and then just looking at his numbers you know 36 percent this year from the field 25 percent from three not having that same burst or athleticism he even said himself you know i don't have the quickness or explosiveness as i did before but i can still get to wherever i want to and it's surprising how You know, we haven't been able to watch him this closely, but even in the second half, he had some very nifty drives into the paint where I was like, ooh, how'd you get in there and how were you able to flip that up so cleanly, you know? Yeah. If that's Tyler Ennis, that gets blocked. But somehow Isaiah Thomas is able to... Oh man, I forgot that guy was on our team, dude. (laughs) He is on our team. But but yeah, Isaiah Thomas really showed, at least in the first half and a little bit in the second half, just what a weapon he is. Probably one of our best offensive players since... Actually, Lou will. <laughs> but I mean, in terms of like star power, we yeah, haven't definitely. had a guy like this in a while. And IT can play make, you know, not that Lou will couldn't play make for guys like he definitely showed uh, like as a backup pseudo point guard that he could dish to others. But IT is just a little bit different. You know, I feel like he has a really good chemistry with Randall already. Well, I could really feel it when they're on the floor together that they were they were pretty pretty much attached to each other. So that's going to be really exciting to see develop. Yeah, there were a couple of times in the second half where the Mavericks started to double him and he would just use that double and quickly pass it out to like some open guys, including Randall. So that was, that was really nice to see him utilize um, or take advantage of those doubles because they were closing in pretty quickly. Um, But yeah, I was really impressed by, by Isaiah Thomas's debut and the more he gets acclimated to the team, I think the better we're going to look offensively, the more he's going to be able to know where teammates are, the more his teammates are going to know where to find him. But in terms of just like one practice, I mean, you couldn't have asked for anything more, essentially. So um, let's talk about his deficiencies and and the problems that, you know, we saw with regards to defense, because I think coming into the game, the Lakers were ninth in defensive efficiency. So they've pretty much rounded back into form and kind of settled in there. And, you know, the Lakers type of defensive play is a lot of switching, um, being very active and scrambling, <laughs> like ninety percent, ninety percent switching. But unfortunately, it's, it's kind of insane. But I, I guess it's effective. Yeah, and we saw a lot of those switches happen in the second half with it <laughs> always with getting <laughs> yeah it always getting switched onto a Dwight Powell, a Dirk Nowitzki. Actually, literally everybody on the Mavs, even a Yogi Ferrell, they looked so much bigger than him. And it, it was definitely more of a problem when you know Max Kleber or Dwight Powell and and Dirk were on him. But yeah, what were your thoughts on the defensive end? It wasn't just an IT thing on on Saturday. I mean, 
they showed the on and off numbers of Isaiah Thomas even when he was on the bench. Um, the Lakers were just giving up a ton of points, it's a terrible. ton of dunks, um, a, ton of, a t- ton of free waltzes into the lane. But I think the issue with Isaiah is, yeah, when we when we get into all these switches, he's typically in a very bad position. And I think it's left us scrambling a little more because Isaiah can only do so much. I think Luke is correct in saying that there were a couple of times he was switched onto a big man and that big man missed their shot, which I actually, that that's it's actually true. true. Um, but I think just the overall essence of what it does, where I'm <laughs> scared. Phil Jackson would say they will miss their shots. Yeah, but I, I was scared for my life every time a switch happened. And I think it just has like an overarching effect when we're when everybody's kind of like looking in at Isaiah Thomas and wondering whether they should help, you know? So in terms of him being able to at least hold his own a little bit and get guys to miss shots, you know, there are times where he was able to do that. But I think the overarching effect that has when you have such a mismatch, I think it trickles down to everybody else because they're always like, oh, shoot, I need to help him. I need to help him. And they're not as glued into their own guy. You know what I mean? It just... Mm creates this sense of fear it puts the everybody. other guys on the team in like a compromised position yeah because they can't what you're saying and you'll you you could lose awareness of you know who your man is because you're so focused on who it is on exactly they can't trust the switch as much as before you know so yeah yeah wh- so what are your thoughts on isaiah thomas and just his height disadvantage and and what how he kind of changes our defensive plan a little bit yeah, I mean, if I weren't a Laker fan or a Mavericks fan, I would I would think that that was fairly comical at times. And, you know, I'm sure everybody has seen by now the picture of IT defending Dirk uh, at the elbow on the free throw line. And Dirk looks like he's literally twice as tall as him when he's extending. And, um, yeah, I mean, I was also like, oh, boy, like, here we go, right? Let's see what type of adjustment we're going to make defensively uh, with regards to switching our ones and fives. and that didn't really come you know we just kind of kept going to it and uh i mean it's hard for me to say like wow what the hell like clearly this is not working it's broken it's insanity for you to keep trying the same thing over and over with mostly similar results um it'll be very interesting to see what we do going forward uh especially come wednesday because like you said at the very beginning like that's been our defensive philosophy this is just switch everything and when we have those death type lineups out there where everybody's wingspans are so long uh you can get away with it and a lot of those mismatches don't seem to be as terrible but uh that was pretty bad um that being said as you mentioned to be fair to isaiah thomas it's not like we lost the game because of his defense. You know, as a team, uh, we were pretty atrocious, even when he wasn't on the floor. I think Julius Randle, after the game, said that he felt like he wasn't communicating well enough with Josh Hart, specifically, on defense. And uh, Josh Hart, when he was interviewed, didn't mention Julius's name, but um, it was, he echoed the same sentiments. And they they all seemed really upset and pissed off at themselves, rightfully so. Um, I know Trudell and Ireland were asking them, like, okay, so what do you guys need to do in the next game defensively? And they also, we got to communicate, we got to talk more, we just were not communicating today, we were not talking, and it's something that we've been doing very well all year. So as far as, like, how easy is it going to be to fix this, um, it shouldn't be difficult to fix, to be honest. Um, But the question is going to be when IT is out there, especially in crunch time, and if the team that we're playing, you know, has some offensive minded wings or bigs, uh, what the heck is going to happen? I don't know what the pros and cons are necessarily of, okay, if IT is in there, let's not switch our ones and fives. Right. Right. Like, let's just go, go over screens, you know, go under screens, whatever it is, and do your best to play man to man. Um, I don't know what the pros and cons of that are. Honestly, it seems very logical and like a simple solution, but it seems like Luke would tend to disagree with that idea. Right. I mean, it is, it is just one game. I would, I would hope that they don't switch as often when it is on the floor. 
the big for me it would make the most sense to stick Isaiah on the quote unquote shooting guard type guy who just stands in the corner yeah or you, you know, have to hide him defensively yeah, in a or way, just goes right? around the perimeter so he can just chase that person you know but yeah every time you know we what switch, you gotta do yeah you know what you gotta do you gotta watch a lot of Boston Celtics tape mm-hmm. because they were a really damn good defensive team right and it's like well let's see what Brad Stevens did with that squad when it was out there and um if you can replicate some of those philosophies, then shoot, like you almost have to do it. Yeah, you definitely have to scheme around Isaiah Thomas, but I think it's something that's doable, especially if the Lakers just bring more of their effort and intensity, which was lacking on Saturday night. Um, so I, Isaiah Thomas, all in all, a very good debut, a very exciting debut. Uh, 22 points, six assists, seven of 12 from the field, four of eight from three. He, he looked like he could get wherever he wanted on the court. So that was nice and encouraging to see. And, and we can only hope for that chemistry to grow with his teammates and, yeah, for them to play even faster. And then on the defensive end, you know, I think it's all about communication at the end of the day. And I think he'll come to learn how to how to at least play with the other guys and, and get into the that mindset of, of hustling all the time, of fighting over screens, of, you know, calling out, you know, communicating with the other dudes. So we'll see how that progresses. Um, Quickly to get into the game, outside of the defensive lapses and whatnot, I thought one tactical error error that Luke made at the end there is taking Brooke Lopez out. Um, I mean, it's it's easy to say after the fact because Julius Randle did not have a good fourth quarter. He was getting offensive fouls. He was turning the ball over, wasn't playing good defense. But just in terms of what Brooke Lopez provided, uh, taking up space in the paint and actually being able to catch the ball. You know, when Isaiah makes these passes, because he's so small, they're not super clean sometimes. And when Julius Randle was the guy catching it, he'd kind of be stuck in the paint amidst the trees and he wouldn't able to like collect it cleanly or gather it cleanly. And he wasn't really able to do anything offensively in the clutch. Whereas I feel like if that had been Brooke Lopez, he would have been able to just flip up a shot and hit it, you know? Um, mm. So it's unfortunate that Brooke Lopez didn't see any time to close the game because I feel like playing Isaiah Thomas and Brooke Lopez together is actually really good because Brooke Lopez is almost the safety valve for Isaiah because true, true. because he's it, so small. Yeah. Brooke Lopez is so tall and so big. You know, it's an easy target yeah. for him to find when those doubles are coming. So and if you even think about the matchup, right? Like usually the problem we don't have Brooke out there late is because the opposing team went small, but they had. Um, What's his name in there? The guy that was blocking all the shots. Um, I don't want to mess up his Sella name. Sella Mejri or whatever. Yeah, Mejri. That's right. Um, yeah, he was in there playing center. You know, it's like uh, I'm pretty sure Brooke Lopez could guard him, you yeah. know? Um, so I, I definitely agree with you. Um, Brooke seems like in congestion, he's able to maintain his composure a little bit better just yep. with regards to, you know, his hands and being able to control the ball, whereas Julius – you know he gets a little frantic um he doesn't have the biggest hands I feel like this season more than any other a lot of the analysts and whatever made a a strong point like Julius has very small hands and um Julius is also the kind of guy obviously we know this he's thinking like 10 steps ahead pretty much all the time sometimes that's good but other times if he's thinking about going up strong before he's even received the ball uh he's probably going to turn it over so um yep I, I I tend to agree with you there Yeah, so that was a disappointing loss by the Lakers against a team that is pretty much tanking and uh, has has no place uh, contending for the playoffs. That was one of those like must-win games for the Lakers, so it was disappointing that they dropped it. But if we take a step back and keep perspective, you know, it was Isaiah Thomas's first game, still no Lonzo Ball. It was on the road, and technically the Lakers beat an Oklahoma City Thunder that Oklahoma City Thunder team that did not have Russell Westbrook and Carmelo Anthony and that was unexpected so if you look at it that way you can just flip the wins or or whatever you know um but yeah it, it's too bad that we couldn't have got that with the momentum that we were having from or with the momentum that we got from the trade deadline but here's to hoping that we have a much better showing against the Pelicans who they're in our way right now for the eighth eighth spot. And obviously I say that all facetiously talking about the Lakers playoff contention, but I just want to win as many games as possible, you know, and we'll see where we stand at the end of the year or near April. But yeah, um, we're going to switch over next and talk about uh, Brandon Ingram and his, 
his rise the last few games, especially in the month of February, and how that's coincided with Luke Walton putting the ball in his hands and making him point Brandon and point Ingram and uh, and what we've seen thus far. Uh, but before we get to that, we're going to switch it over quickly to our sponsors, and we will catch you guys after the turn. This is Mike from the Almighty Baller Network. It's nice to have a helping hand, especially when it's tax season, and that hand is attached to a licensed tax professional. With TurboTax Live, you can talk to real CPAs and EAs on demand who can review your return with you before you file and to make sure you get your maximum refund. They can even check your work line by line so you can be confident it's done right. Who knew confidence and peace of mind could be synonymous with taxes? TurboTax Live with CPAs and EAs on demand. See details at TurboTax.com. Let TurboTax Live be your helping hand. Visit TurboTax.com today. All right, so Point Ingram, he has been the man for the Lakers in Lonzo Ball's absence. He has been initiating the offense. He has been dribbling the ball uh, up and down the court. And in the month of February through five games, Brandon Ingram is averaging 19.8 points, 5.8 assists, four rebounds on 56% shooting from the field and 66% from three, making two threes a game. In his last 14 three-point attempts, Brandon Ingram has hit 10. In his last four games, he's shooting 10 of 14 from three. That, I think, has coincided with him just being willing to take that shot more, being aggressive and confident with it. But I think all of that has stemmed from having the ball in his hands, getting that energy going, and Luke trusting him um, to initiate the offense. And we've seen the over the last few games just how confident he's been with his dribble drive moves against Oklahoma City. There was a play very early on where Steven Adams and Paul George were trying to trap him at the top, and he took both of them off of the dribble straight into the lane for a nifty scoop in, you know? And then against the Mavericks, he had a really nice clutch dribble drive um, into the lane again off his own dribble. And then on top of that, the three-pointers, and then again, you know, Pete Zayas pointed this out, off the, he's becoming a much better off-the-bounce shooter with his mid-range jump shot. And it's all coming together, and with the ball in his hands, he's been showing off his playmaking as well, being more decisive with all the passes that he makes. And yeah, it's culminated in this 24-6 type of player. Uh, so Alan, what have, what have you seen from Brandon Ingram, and how encouraging has his recent little stride here been the last uh, five or so games? Yeah, it's been awesome. I mean, if we even look back to last year, he did run point, you know, a number of times. And that was as a friggin' rookie. So, um, you know, thankfully he's familiar with this. And, I mean, I just keep thinking about what's going to happen when Lonzo comes back. It's going to be very – it's a good problem to have, you know. Um, We're pretty effective and efficient with Brandon running point. So, uh, you got to think that they're going to share the wealth a little bit between Zoe, B.I., and I.T., um, so I, that's something that's exciting, you know, to look forward to for sure. Um, but as far as what we've seen from him recently, and again, like shout out to Pete for the fourth time today, freaking love Pete. Um, he was saying like Brandon is shooting three pointers, like they're free throws at this point. Um, free throws for most people, we should say, because as a team, we still suck at hitting free throws. Actually, we had a couple of games where we were like amazing at the line, but, um, he just looks so freaking comfortable and, um, it's incredibly exciting. Um, he's so much more aggressive now. I mean, like when he dribbled the ball out to half court, I know this is like a few games ago, but I, I still think of uh, that dunk that he had where he dribbled between his legs a few times all the way out to half court and then just drove it into the paint with no problems. Um, it's crazy. Uh, so let's just hope. You know, through the all-star break, I mean, he's everybody's going to get like a week and a half off. I'm thinking this last stretch to end the season, which is exactly when he kind of hit his stride last year. I feel like the same thing is going to happen, but it's going to be taken to another level. So bold prediction from me, post all-star break to the end of the year, Brandon Ingram is going to average 21.5 points per game. Nice. I mean, he's pretty much doing that right now, so if he can just sustain Bold it... Bold prediction revised. <laughs> Brandon Ingram is going to average... 25 points for 25 that? right. that's pretty damn bold especially with it who's going to be scoring but whatever f it um, <laughs> that is pretty bold no but i mean to your point 
he has bit, looked more comfortable and more aggressive on pretty much everything. The passing, the shooting, the dribbling. I mean, he had a couple of nasty dunks on the Phoenix Suns. One of those was off the dribble from near half court, which is incredible. I mean, you give him any space and his long strides kind of take it the rest of the way, you know? He's not a... It's like Giannis, man. Yeah, he's not a hot sauce type player where he'll always cross you over, but you give him any inch of space and he just knows how to like neatly glide through that and find the seams and it's been really really fun to watch yeah man props to brandon ingram especially in lieu of you know lonzo ball's injury the lakers winning four out of their last five with him at point guard he almost had a triple double against the brooklyn nets 16 points eight rebounds 10 assists uh last night 22 points on nine of 16 shooting sorry saturday night and um yeah it hopefully this will just take him through the rest of the year and we get that second half Brandon Ingram that we got last year, but obviously even better than that. So yeah, point Ingram, good job, Luke Walton, for really putting the ball back in his hands, giving him that confidence. I I read an interview of his recently where he just talked about what the coaching staff has told him. And, you know, people think point Ingram means, oh, Ingram has got this Chris Paul type mentality all the time but actually what they've told him and what he says has been working is they just tell him to play really really fast and not think about it which is ironic right um Mm. they just tell him like hey push the ball every time down make quick decisions if you're overthinking it or second guessing it that's when you'll make mistakes and it seems like he's really adopted that uh every time he gets the rebound he'll push the ball up and even in the times when the pace slows down and they're in the half court i feel like he's even more controlled when he backs his dribble off you know he knows not to force things and he's making the smarter reads and the smarter basic passes um but most of all i think it's it's helped for him to just have it ingrained in his head let me not think too much about this let me just play fast 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 and you know that's the way the lakers have played this entire season and they have all seem to have the green light and i think it's only benefited guys like Ingram who at times they've suffered from being a little too conservative and yeah yeah conservative and second guessing themselves and all that stuff so I feel like Luke Walton's really given him uh given him the reins here and kind of unleashed him in a way so props to Luke Walton as well um let's talk about one other guy who's been really really good this last stretch I want to give a shout out to Julius Randle obviously because ever since he's um, started and ever since the trade went down and all that he's been averaging in the month of February 20 points eight rebounds four assists right so this is the Julius Randle we always knew was going to come out if he got consistent minutes was able to start had a more consistent role so props to Julius Randle but I want to close by highlighting and focusing on once again Josh Hart because every single game this is like the Kyle Kuzma effect now right where we're just like this guy is so solid every single game night in night out the way he's able to just grab these rebounds is incredible in the month of February he's averaging 12 points and nine rebounds and 2.6 assists on a ridiculous percentage by the way let me look it up real fast this February he's shooting 59 percent from the field 50 54 oh percent from three hitting almost three a game at 2.6 so Josh Hart, as solid as you can get. What have you seen from uh, Clear Eyes? Josh Hart's can't lose. Nice, nice. Uh, if Zoe doesn't play in that rookie sophomore rising charge, rising charge, rising stars, whatever, I think Josh Hart should replace him, even though he hasn't played that much this yeah. year. Um, but, dude, the guy is like so reliable right now. And, um, you know, of course, it's like, He's a rookie, and he just started playing a little bit, so don't, like, expect this to happen for for much longer. But, shoot, like, let's just enjoy it, you know? Anytime he has a catch-and-shoot opportunity from three, it's like, okay, he's going to make it. And his mechanics are just so fundamentally sound. And even when he's, like, Lou Williams drifting, you know, for a corner three or whatever, he still manages to drain it. And um, mm-hmm. it just goes to show you, man, like four years of college, being coached by Jay Wright of Villanova, all that stuff. And he references it so many times as far as why he looks so comfortable in the game is because like he is he's literally educated, you know. Um, so in, in like weird ways, it's it's not surprising. Um, I think when we drafted him, we all kind of thought like, oh, shoot, like, 
you think about all those things, all of his experience, and he's he already feels like a vet, even though he's just a rookie. Um, so yeah, he's just, just continues to impress. I mean, he had a pretty off game against Dallas. He only had like was it like two rebounds or something like that, mm-hmm. which is the only reason why at this point in that stretch you talked about, he's averaging nine rebounds. Otherwise, he'd be averaging a double double. I mean, the guys have nicknamed him Josh Barkley for a mm-hmm. reason. Um, it's funny too because a lot of people are like, oh, he's like a Derek Fisher type guy. It's like, well, Derek Fisher was six one ish, six two, whereas Josh Hart is six four. You know, but in terms of like the body size, um, and like the body type, I suppose there are some similarities there. He's just very solid. He's got a man's body because he's twenty two years old. Um, but he's also just very reliable. Um, you can count on the guy. So. It's extremely exciting that we snatched him <laughs> with the 30th pick, you know. Uh, so shout out to our front office and our scouts for doing their homework, even though it kind of seems like like an obvious pick. You know, like, mm-hmm. it makes you wonder what the heck were teams thinking five, six, seven, ten picks before, you know. And I, I guess it is just all based on potential and, oh, like this guy's kind of old and he is what he is right now. It's like, well, he is very, very solid. And he seems like a guy who's going to have a very long, steady career in the league. Um, yeah, dude, it's it's very, very exciting and can't talk enough about uh, all the things that he really brings to this team. And yeah, dude, it's good stuff. Yeah, we kind of mentioned it last year when when we were doing our draft previews with several draft scouts, but Josh Hart is pretty much this year's Malcolm Brogdon, you know, the overlooked mm, like older that. guy, but they're so steady and sturdy. I mean, he's sturdy in in, or so in a shoot, variety Kyle of Kuzma's ways. Kyle Kuzma's an older overlooked guy too. <laughs> yeah, but but Josh Hart especially. I think how many years did he, was he in Villanova for? At least three, right? Four. Three or four years, exactly. Four. So yeah. that usually ends up capping your potential for whatever reason. But recently, with these smart picks, it's kind of shown, you know, maybe don't overthink it too much and just get the right. reliable guy who's shown himself to be like a, a true leader on and off the court. I mean, it's like, well, well damn, if the guy were a freshman doing the things that Josh Hart did, guys would be all over him, right? Yeah. So the fact that he's three years older than that, all of a sudden that diminishes what he brings to the table? I, I don't know. It's it's kind of baffling, but whatever. We're not scouts, yeah. I guess. And I mean, he, he's, <laughs> he's showing everybody now, you know, with, with the incredible rebounding. He had a sick, destructive block on a TJ Warren against oh, the Suns. Oh, that was so dirty, dude. It was really dirty. <laughs> that was awesome. Um, so, I mean, he's showing us his... Not a dirty his, play, just to clarify. Yeah, he's yeah. just showing his athleticism in, in ways that we did not expect. Sneaky. Yeah, and uh, he has such a sturdy body. He has such a sturdy presence out there. And, I mean, he pretty much made it Jordan Clarkson semi-expendable. You know what I mean? Yeah, he and Kuzma. He and Kuzma, dude. Trust the process part one killers right there. <laughs> pretty much, pretty much. So, I mean... Josh Hart, shout out to Josh Hart. He he's the type of guy that, you know, we've said it before that you wish KCP was more of, just a guy who knew more of his role, doesn't force things, is just really solid defensively and also really solid offensively, right? He doesn't force any shots. Like I said, 56% shooting from the field. Uh it it's it's insane. And um yeah, props to Josh Hart. He's going to be a, a common staple for us moving forward for for a long time and and you need guys like this um so, yeah, can't say enough about Josh Hart. Um, so, yeah, I, I think that'll do it for us. Uh, before we end, though, let's quickly talk about what we thought about uh, Larry Nance Jr. and Jordan Clarkson's debut with the King this past weekend against the Celtics. One word to describe it. One word to describe your emotions. Go. Or it can be like a phrase. Um, I was, there's this quote from the DreamWorks animation movie Home that the main character O says, and it's actually a hyphenated word, but it involves two emotions. And he says, I am sad, glad. So, (laughs) so my word is sad, glad. Make the face right now. Make a sad, glad face right now. And listeners, everybody just imagine sad, glad, and you do it too. Sad, glad. I'm doing it. Oh, yeah. Sad, glad. I feel it. Uh, so yeah, to, <laughs> this past weekend, the the Cleveland Cavaliers took on the Boston Celtics on Paul Pierce's Jersey retirement night. And from a fan perspective, thinking about the Boston rivalry, what a great game to see the, the Celtics yeah. get absolutely demolished. And the fact that Paul Pierce had to have his ceremony right after the game was kind of hilarious. Um, on the one end, too, we were, I, I was also 
on the side hoping that the Celtics would win just because now our pick is tied to Cleveland. How could you? Unfollow. So stupid. Just kidding. <laughs> so it, in whatever way you look at it, I guess it might have been a lose-lose situation or a win-win situation, depending on how you're looking at it. But the Cleveland Cavaliers demolished the Celtics, and LeBron James looks like a way happier man with his new Damn additions. It. I mean, him and Jordan Clarkson look like BFFs, dude, with their three-point celebrations and stuff. It's... <laughs> the, the Nick Young three-point thing. I know. It's It's funny. <laughs> Man, I've been waiting to do that, man. I feel like I couldn't be doing that in L.A. You know, I feel more vindication for Jordan Clarkson, actually, because he's his name has kind of been dragged through the mud uh, these, last few, <laughs> these last few weeks with people just not assessing his value correctly, saying that we needed to attach a pick to him to even get rid of him. And then even when he got traded to the Cavs, people saying, eh, Jordan Wait, Clarkson's okay. A ton of people. <laughs> Nate Duncan, dunked on basketball, everybody. Uh, shout out to them. The they suck. <laughs> um, but yeah, people just trashing Jordan Clarkson as if he's just this liability that the Cavs have to take on. And then, dude, we've seen him like when he has his head in the game and he's just locked in as a scorer and not thinking too much and dribbling too much. You get exactly what you got. 17 quick points off the bench, hitting threes, uh, hitting mid-range jump shots, driving it into the lane, stealing balls and getting dunks. I mean, he was dynamic and he's pretty much he pretty much did what he's been doing all season. In 23 minutes, he got 17 points. His averages this year is 23 minutes, 15 points, you know? So, yeah, what are your thoughts on uh, Jordan Clarkson? Yeah, so my phrase would be cognitive dissonance, which is pretty much sad glad. Um, <laughs> right. It's like, I freaking want Boston to lose, and I also want Cleveland to lose, which means that I want both teams to win for different reasons. Um, but the one thing we can all be glad about is that Paul Pierce's night was at least partially uh, screwed up. So that's a good thing. Um, but yeah, dude, watching that game yesterday, I was I was so excited. <laughs> I like bought myself like a nice lunch and just, just set it all up ever so perfectly. And uh, yeah, I, I didn't know what to feel. I mean, it was like if you saw Ivica Zubat's Instagram post with him and Larry, and he said something to the effect of, you know, I'm going to miss my bros. And then Larry commented and was like, there comes a time in every young boy's life when they must leave their parents, you know, something hilarious like that. It felt like that, you know, like we're their parents or family members or whatever. We're watching them succeeding in another place. Um, and, and not to like downplay the Lakers in any way, but you know, we're like a rebuilding team, work in progress, yada, yada, not contenders. And now like, it's, it's like they transferred, um, to like a university from a community college or something like that. Now we're seeing them Mm -hmm. like be successful, uh, with the Cavs. So you're proud for sure. Um, there's some vindication, like you said before of like people saying the Lakers are trash, blah, blah, blah. And now we're hearing the national media be like, look, Larry Nance is so good. Jordan Clarkson's so good. It's like, what the hell? Like, dude, (laughs) a month ago for the last four years, you guys have been saying everyone on the Lakers is garbage. Mm -hmm. And now you're praising them for being such integral pieces. And now they're the reasons that LeBron is going to stay in Cleveland. So, I mean, like I get it, but at the same time, we can all just kind of sit back, right, and, like, sip our Lipton tea like Kermit the Frog. And just be like, mm-hmm, yeah, like, we, we know. And um, I think the biggest thing is, God, you just see how much better LeBron makes people look. Yeah. Um, I mean, like you said, these are the numbers that Jordan's been putting up. But when you put them next to LeBron, for whatever reason, it just enhances it all. It just looks so much better. It's more meaningful. Um, so... Obviously happy for JC and Larry. I said from the beginning, like I hope these guys ball out, but I hope they end up losing every game. Um, they balled out and they won, so whatever. Um, yeah, that's how I felt yesterday. <laughs> yeah, agree. I mean, even Larry Nance, he he only had four points. He had a really, he had two really nice but dunks. You actually, felt his presence. Right, he felt his presence. But did you see his last dunk off the dribble? He was yeah. at the three-point line. He did a crossover and then just extended his arm for a sick jam. And I was like, oh, my God. Like, LeBron yeah. is going to love playing with this guy. And most of all, you know, people pointed it out. 
He brings that activity and tenacious defense that this entire season the Cavs have been lacking for whatever reason because they've been a team that just hasn't had the heart. And Larry Nance is always going to bring that night in, night out. He's contesting every shot. He's diving for every loose ball. And if you throw it up into the air, he's going to catch it with his Statue of Liberty arms and throw it down. And um, yeah, like you said, it, it was it was kind of surreal to see our guys, you know, doing the things that we've seen them do, but in a context where it's like, even for them, you almost wondered, this must feel foreign to them, you know, to be in the spotlight yeah. in this way and to be considered considered the favorites in a certain aspect and then to be blowing out a team like the Boston Celtics in the way that they did on the road um, must be surreal for them too, you know, and you brought up LeBron James' effect, but I've never seen Jordan Clarkson that wide open for threes before. Oh, for sure. So at this point, Jordan, just keep working on your three-point shot, that that catch-and-shoot shot. Maybe he has been dribbling the ball so much because he hasn't had these types of looks before with a guy like LeBron right. James, right? So, I, you know, I'm happy for the guys to get this very valuable experience in their young careers still. And, um, yeah, it, it's good that it happened against the Celtics as well. But, yeah, it is it is a little bittersweet uh, seeing number 8 and number 24 out there giving it up that to Kobe so, Bryant. That's so awesome, dude. That's freaking great. I love it. It is really cool. So, yeah, we, we have more to look forward to with Larry Nance competing in a Cavs jersey this next weekend at All-Star Weekend when he comes back to L.A. And he's going to get the biggest standing ovation in Staples. He is. I, awesome. I hope he has his dad come out there for, for one of the dunks, you know? Both of them wearing Cavs jerseys would be really, really cool. You know, I'm, I'm happy for him and just that yeah. legacy aspect of things. And then we play the Cavs pretty soon at Staples. So right, that'll be cool. The timing couldn't be better. Right. You know? I'm also hoping Larry Nance decides to wear a quote-unquote throwback Lakers jersey just to kind of pander to the fans a little. How cool would that be, right? That would be sick. Please, Larry, one time for the fans, Lakers, wear your number seven Lakers jersey. I'm sure they still have a bunch lying in the locker room. Just find one. Uh, Yeah, but with that said, we are more looking forward to isaiah thomas's eventual debut at staples center but also he has two more games to go before we hit all-star weekend and then we're off for a week um hopefully it can lead us to some wins uh before that break and we continue to see this group mesh and i think lonzo ball had some he participated in non-contact drills hopefully he can practice soon i don't even know at this point whether he's going to do the rising stars thing but uh yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna doubt it. Yeah, honestly. for sure. Um, Unfortunately, but the sooner that we can get all these guys um, to start playing together and our our roster complete and set, the sooner we can make some noise to end this season, which which we've we have been doing uh, in this p- new year, especially in February. Uh, with that said, thank you guys for listening once again. Please follow us on Twitter at Lakers Legacy Pod. Please also rate and review us on iTunes because the more you rate and review us, Alan. That's how many more rotations Mirai Nagasu is going to put on uh, her program. She's going to do a quadruple something. And then if you get another rating or review, she's going to do a quintuple something. And it's just going to go the nth degree. Oh, for sure. Out of all the Lakers players on the team, who do you think follows would follow Mirai Nagasu's uh, career? <laughs> um, first one that came to mind was uh, Brooke Lopez. Oh, yeah, but I feel like you are categorizing him unfairly because of his association to Michelle Wee. No, I'm just kidding. I'm, that was I'm not even in my, thought of my mind, dude. I'm just kidding. Because he has that Asian Asian thing going on, that yellow fever. Wait, who, who would you think? Uh, Kakuzma, for sure. He's a very uh, knowledgeable okay. guy who likes That's to true. expand his... Uh, knowledge beyond just basketball so i could see him definitely like you know taking an interest in figure skating and just america what what we have going on for us in this olympics and being like oh these are the people that i have to watch and follow so for sure and then rob Palinka, without a freaking oh, doubt for sure definitely he's probably gonna make the whole team watch her do her like individual program and be like guys we need to appreciate this we just saw hamilton now we have to watch mirai nagasu 
And he's going to make some crazy analogy to the rotations that she's able to pull off in the air and how that translates to the cycle and rotation of an NBA player's season. And the more cleanly and swiftly we can do it, the better we'll land or something random like that. Um, but also he'll <laughs> definitely bring up the fact that Mariah Nagasu was snubbed in Sochi or whatever. Yes, that's exactly you know? what I was going to exact- say. Four years ago. Yep, yep. So what a great comeback story from Ryan Agassu. What a great comeback story for the Lakers. We are on our way, everybody. Let's get it. IT7. We got our star for now. Lonzo Ball, Lit. come back soon. Let's go. Bing, 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 bing. All right, Alan, I'll catch you later. Later. All right, peace out, everybody. Let's say you just bought a house. Bad news is, you're one step closer to becoming your parents, which means you're going to start telling your kids to clean up before the cleaning lady comes. Doesn't make sense, but you're the parent and they're the kids. You're going to start telling them that now, too. Good news is, it's easy to bundle home and auto through Progressive and save on your car insurance. And there's your opening to remind them who pays the bills around here. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and other insurers. Discount not available in all states or situations. This is what flow from Progressive sounds like in one of our many hilarious commercials. Hi, did you know that you can get a quote on your motorcycle insurance in under three minutes at Progressive.com? And did you know that saying hi makes even bad news sound good? Hi, you have high cholesterol. Hi, you're fine. And this is what that same commercial sounds like on your motorcycle. Hi, there's no more Yep, even our commercials sound better on a bike. And with basic policy starting at $75 a year, Progressive helps keep you on yours. Quote today at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Annual premium for basic liability policy not available in all states. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.